Welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and if you would like to join the discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. And if you are listening to the podcast because you missed us live, you can also send us your questions on Facebook and Twitter. At SWAT Radio Talk is the handle. That is at SWAT Radio Talk. Uh, Doug, having a little concert in there. <laughs> yeah, I got a little Aerosmith <laughs> playing in the background. Uh, anyway, no. Uh, hey, first, uh, let's get this out of the way. I'm really bummed. Uh, Dallas Jenkins just uh, uh, texted me and let me know he cannot do the interview today. Uh, he is still trying to get Season 2, Episode 1 finished for Sunday. And we are going to reschedule for next week possibly on Thursday or the following Thursday. So, um, but it, it still is happening this week, uh, Sunday, uh, Sunday night, 8 p.m., The Chosen, uh, which was the number one crowdfunded film or TV project in history. Mm. Uh, over $10 million in crowdfunding. And for those that don't know what that is, that's just kind of grassroots investors saying hey we believe in this we want to help make it happen yeah and it's really a, a an awesome um series they it, the one thing i like about it taylor i don't know if you've seen very many of their interviews they have a lot of interviews on youtube and through their app their app you can get for free uh Right now, they've got over 96 million views of their program, mm. which is amazing. That's a lot of people. And um, they're doing a live stream tonight. Uh, and the app the app is free. You just go in there. You can watch it for free. And if you have Roku, Fire Stick, or any of those, you can just play it on your TV. But it is, it is a story. Well, it's a TV miniseries about jesus Mm -hmm. and mary magdalene's in it and the disciples and it it presents a very human side of jesus that we sometimes don't think if you look at a lot of the movies from times past uh, about the life of jesus they tend to present jesus in a very pious um stiff Mm -hmm. way I mean, like, you don't see the human side of him at all. Yeah. Like, in this particular TV series, in one of the episodes, he's cut himself and he's bleeding. And you just think, wow, he did bleed. We know he bled, right? Because Mm -hmm. he bled on the cross. But, I mean, just in everyday life, we tend to only think about that moment of his suffering. Right. But he got splinters. He got Mm -hmm. skint knees. He, You know, there were things that happened to him as a human that sometimes we forget. He had emotions, you know, there were things that, that that evoked emotion in him. And so just seeing those different things are good. And so 
I'm sad that he couldn't be on today. He was only going to be able to give us 15 minutes today anyway, so maybe next week we'll get an hour yeah. uh, after he can get the first uh, program. But again, the trailer, we put it on our, our social media yesterday. If you haven't seen it, it's an awesome trailer. Uh, go ahead and watch it, and you'll get a chance to see a little bit of it. And there's still time. You can binge watch hmm. uh, the Chosen series. There's eight episodes, and you can watch them all, and uh, you'll see. And what what's really interesting about it all to me is Dallas Jenkins wanted to be in the media business, creative media uh, making movies, mm-hmm. making things. So he tried to do that and went out there and he got, uh, he, he made a major motion picture or was a part of a major motion picture that did not do very well. And it was crushing to him. Yeah. And the way the chosen came about was he was helping his church do things for Easter and Christmas and he was writing and directing these little vignettes, these video vignettes mm-hmm. about different things. And uh, one of the guys that plays Jesus in The Chosen, Jonathan Rumi, was a guy he asked. He actually auditioned to play a thief on the cross, and mm. he was doing a thing about the two thieves, one being penitent and one not. And then he said, you know, he's got a really tender side. I'm going to ask him to read for Jesus. He said he read seven seconds, and he said, okay, you're going to play the part of Jesus. Mm. And now he's done it in this series for eight episodes, and you just grow to love watching this. Again, nobody looks at him and goes, okay, that's Jesus. In fact, he said in an interview, there's no way I could play the deity side of him. I can't even mm. get my head around that, mm-hmm. but what I can play is a human person. It, it, even though I'm not perfect, I can play the humanity of him. And I try to ask him to help me. And he says, by the power of the spirit to, to try to look at these stories from the Bible and imagine what it must've been like, mm-hmm. you know, people go, well, you can't do that. Listen, we all read the Bible and imagine. I mean, you, you, yeah. God gave us imagination. And so when you read the Bible, you don't just read it without any picture mm-hmm. of what, you know, it's going on in a, a particular section. So what they've tried to do is take the Bible passages and the narratives and the stories like the the guy who came down through the roof and they mm-hmm. try to portray that in a way that it might have happened they're not they don't they say this is not the way but this is the way it could have happened and you just begin to see the hum, human side or the water into the wine i mean it, it it's a they do a really good job of uh projecting it in a way that i, I haven't watched anything on there where i scratch my head and i go i don't think that's very biblical yeah. You know, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. have you seen it? Yeah, I've seen the first few episodes. Okay, you need to yeah. watch them. To me, I think it's episode three is a really good one. Episode seven and eight to me are the best. Yeah. But I've seen one and two, and I watched it with my wife, and she's like, don't watch the rest without me. But then she's always got all these other shows she wants to watch. Well, you, need, like, to, right. you <laughs> need to just, you need to make sure and do that. Well, hey, listen, you know, um, I want to go on to what 
that's going on. It's kind of in the news. It's interesting. The New York Times um, gave three whole pages to a story about long-lost fragments of Deuteronomy, um, but they were identified as forgeries back in the 1800s. But now they're bringing this back up, and they give not a half a page, not a quarter of a page, but three whole pages to this. And so you scratch your head and you go, why? Why would the New York Times be doing that, right? Because none of us really put a whole lot of credibility in the Times, but a lot of people read the New York Times. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was back in 1883 that there was an antiquities dealer in Jerusalem named Moses Shapira, and he announced that he had discovered, um, an, a text, a fragment of Deuteronomy and, um, it, that back in the 1800s now, uh, but in 1883, he claimed to have discovered 15 different manuscript copies uh, in a cave near where the Dead Sea was, but it was blackened and it looked, I mean, it, it looked like something of antiquity, but it was originally discredited as a fraud. I mean, it was just a, a, as, as a forgery. And so uh, why were they bringing that up now? If it was proven as a forgery, they, they dis- debunked it back then because some young guy, is is the one who wrote the story he wrote the story about it and he's trying to give a narrative because this is not the first time he did this because there's a he's a young scholar at harvard named Iden dershowitz he's 38 years old and um anyway he's a fellow at harvard and he makes the claim that the fragments were dismissed um were real that's his claim. Now, why, why, why would he want to do that? Well, he has an agenda. Um, so you can't find the fragments anywhere. They're nowhere to be found. They were discredited back then. But now he's making the claim that they were real and they were dismissed. Uh, but, again, why is he making the claim? And this is not the first claim he's made. He's also made a claim about Leviticus. Um and the reason he's doing that is because um, he he pointed out in Leviticus that the, there was a deliberate scribal effort um, to to condemn homosexuality in the you know mm-hmm. in, but it was an effort and it was not the authentic Leviticus <laughs> and so now he he's trying to make a claim about Deuteronomy why because Deuteronomy is the the second giving of the law and there's an agenda and here's what it is if we can discredit the bible then we can say all this stuff is bogus about homosexuality which was his premise about the book of Leviticus so do you, do you think there's also the uh, well if we can so doubt and like you know give cover for the woke church to give them a way to say oh well see look this old this whole thing is actually not how it originally was and we're actually practicing the true christianity you know giving <laughs> cover to you know i would say you know the the woke church mm-hmm. uh, more so than trying to cuz at this point they already don't care about what the bible says right so i it would seem to me like there'd be an intention to try to get the church to 
well, they're bend. Try, well, they are trying to get him to bend. This guy, Aiden Dershowitz, made the argument uh, back in 2018 that the book of Leviticus had actually, in the beginning, argued for homosexuality. That was his... I'm, I'm not kidding you, okay? Uh, it was... That was his argument. And so, um, uh, Al Mohler was talking about it, and he was quoting a, a rabbi who said, speaking of the Pentateuch, which is the first five books of Moses, that they were horribly out of step with our times. And, you know, he said Leviticus is one of the most out-of-step books with contemporary culture there is. So here's a rabbi, supposedly that's supposed to be the person that God chose to bless the world with the gospel through uh, the the connection with God, the fact that people can have a relationship with God, and instead he's dismissing God's word Mm. as written by Moses. So I bring that up simply to say this to people that might be listening. Your Bible I hope you have a physical copy of the Bible, and I hope you read a physical copy of the Bible. Because there's going to come a time when people, like in China, they're doing right now, are coming up with their own version of the Bible. And I pray uh, that you can get a good copy uh, if you don't have one, because I don't know if you've been to Barnes & Nobles lately, I don't know if you've been to uh, Books a Million. It's getting more difficult to find copies of the Bible mm. being printed. Why is that? Oh, people don't want it. I asked a sales guy. I said, why do you have so few copies of the Bible here? Oh, people don't buy it that much anymore. And so, you know, we have been very blessed to grow up in a time when there were Christian bookstores yeah. mm-hmm. and there were Bibles plentiful. But right now... I'm starting to see more and more and theological books the same way you go out there. You can't hardly find any theological books in um, Barnes and Noble or any of the big bookstores. Why? Again, I ask a guy, I ask a guy at Lifeway, this Lifeway was a Christian bookstore. And I said, why do you guys not carry the classics and the good theological books? Oh, nobody buys them. They, everybody wants biographies on the sports guys and or the the women you know want different things that that they're not nobody wants to read those things and so they stop carrying them and and really what we're becoming is we're becoming biblically illiterate and theologically illiterate mm-hmm. as a as a nation and it's sad because if you don't know the truth then when a guy like Dershowitz writes this article and you go, wow, maybe, you know, maybe yeah. he's right. Mm-hmm. Maybe that is happening because you have not read the Bible to see how God unfolded his plan in the lives of people over and over. Um, so anyway, I just thought that was interesting reading about that. Um, yeah, that's, uh, it's not surprising, although it's, or which I guess it's, it's, it's shocking that he would think, have the audacity to say that, but at the same time, it's not surprising that, uh, that's what's being said because it's been said similar things for a long time. Well, yeah. and, well, just and and most people, this stuff goes by. You don't even hear about. It. Like, had you heard about that? No. Nope. All mm-hmm. right. Did you hear about uh, just a few years ago? There was a Harvard scholar. So this is one of the premier 
institutions in our country, a scholar there, made a claim about discovering what was described as the gospel of Jesus' wife. Mm. But it turned out to be a forgery produced by a pornographer down here in Florida. Now, it's not about finding these things. What they want to do is twist the minds of people to doubt God's word. That's why at SWAT Radio and at SWAT, the Bible studies, uh, one of our core values is God's word is our starting point and our authority, his word. And, you know, uh, the guys who come to SWAT each week, we, we word by word go through the text. We're going through Acts right now. And Peter, as we covered just a week ago, said there's only one name, only one name by which people are saved. That name is Jesus, and it's only by his name. And so this week, as we you know go through this Easter week, tomorrow I'm going to replay an interview with one of my mentors, a guy named John Mazel, who has preached the gospel to the people over in Russia thousands and thousands of times over the years. He, he was smuggling in Bibles back in the 80s, and mm. uh, it was probably and is probably one of the most influential people in uh, Russian evangelism, at least the modern Russian evangelism. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I interviewed him a, a year or so ago, and John has got a, uh, a terminal lung disease, but uh, I interviewed him, and he, he shares the gospel and shares about the relationship with God. And, and it would be a great one. If you know somebody that is not in a relationship with God, tomorrow would be a good program for them to listen to. Uh, but for us, the rest of the day, Taylor, the, the theme this week was the, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, John 14, 6. And, you know, I want you to stop and think a second about the cross. Um, you know, when the cross was happening, what do you, what do you think, if you would have been one of the disciples, what would have been going through your head to see your leader up on that cross? Uh, just confusion, you know, what, what do I do now? Yeah. I mean, I, I tried to weigh that thinking, what if I'd seen him do the miracles? Because there had to be some, some buy-in on their part. Obviously Uh they had witnessed the miracles, not once, not twice, many times they had already gone out and told people about him Mm -hmm. being the Messiah, but there was still something in them that when the soldiers came together, they scattered. Mm -hmm. And now to see him on the cross being crucified, do you think there was a moment of of desperation where they just, you know, it is confusion, but I think even desperation, what do we do now? Yeah, Yeah, I I think so. And, you know, I thought about that, the scattering. It's just, uh, especially I think after uh, Peter draws the sword and, he probably think, oh, it's time to go. We're fighting, you know. We're the kingdom's now. We're starting it. And Jesus is like, uh, you know, no, put, you know, you live by the sword, you die by the sword, and you know, put your sword up and healed the guy. I think that probably helped with the confusion as well. And then well, I don't know what to do. Scatter because we thought we were, you know, bringing the kingdom now, and that's not what we're doing. Oh, uh, I don't know what. And then boom, just bolt. You know what I mean? I just, I, I could see how, for for me, I know 
be like, okay, yeah, let's go. Let's fight. Let's fight. No, no, we're not fighting. Oh, what? No, I guess we're running then. And, you know? and, and then you see him on the cross. Yeah. But that moment on the cross, you know, I told you a week or so ago, I went to see the passion of the Christ again. Mm-hmm. And it, it was horrific to watch it. My wife and I were talking afterwards, Lori, and, and I think everybody should watch that movie. Even if you're, you're, you, you are squeamish about mm-hmm. violent scenes, I think uh, they do such a good job of presenting a, a fairly realistic picture of what it might have been like. Yeah, I think they said they had to tone it down. Well, they did. Yeah. But when you read the Gospels, we read it, and we, it, a lot of times when we read it, it doesn't evoke the visceral response it should. Mm-hmm. But I promise you, that when movie, you yeah. see that movie, it does. Mm-hmm. But my point in bringing that up is this, is that Paul Tripp says, in the hands of God, moments of defeat, of uh, apparent defeat, let me say that, moments of apparent defeat become moments of victory and grace. And so I don't know what you're dealing with in your life. I don't know if it's a medical issue. I don't know if it's a marital issue i don't know if it's a family relational issue Uh, maybe you just feel overwhelmed maybe you're just tired maybe you feel like there's no hope but i'm sure the disciples had that feeling at that moment and jesus took the most horrible event because no matter what you're experiencing uh the other day i went into a, a a restaurant and a guy was, people had quit on him, left him hanging, and he was really upset. And he said, uh, man, my, you know, everybody just always messes me over, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, I left, and I thought, man, I, I tried to be nice to him, but I left. And I went back, and I took him a booklet about who Jesus was, and I said, here, I want you to take this. I'm going to pray your day gets better. And... um my, my name's on the back with my number. Feel free to call. Um, but this guy got messed over a lot, too. Mm-hmm. And the thing about Jesus is no matter what you experience, there's nothing we deserve but misery. Yeah, We don't feel that a lot of times, mm-hmm. but we don't deserve the air we breathe. And so Jesus was sinless. Jesus was perfect. So it was the most horrific unjust event in history and yet it was the most wonderful thing in history and you stop and think about that and you know when you think about what god is allowing to happen in your life right now whatever that is do you think it's possible um that god is doing a work in you that god is allowing you to not be able to control whatever it is so that you will look to him Mm. and that you will understand that even when you can't fix things that you want fixed the way you want them fixed, that these things remind us of the brokenness of the world we live, that this is not our home. There's something much greater. And that's what we celebrate this week that as his people, and that's why I love the title of, of Dallas Jenkins' series, The Chosen. Mm-hmm. If you're his, 
he's coming for you because he chose you, not because you're good, not because you do everything right, but because he says, you know what, Taylor, your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life before your mom and dad ever got together. I knew you were going to be. I came for you. You're mine. You're in my army. You're in my people. And there's a great line in the trailer for the chosen is the, the Jonathan Rumi says is in the, his role as Jesus says to his, one of his disciples, you know, I want to raise up an army to heal the world. Hmm. I mean, you know, we talk a lot, you and I, we were talking about critical race theory and we talk a lot about a lot of different things affecting our culture. But I want to make sure everybody who's listening understands this. Taylor and I both know that the only healing that will ever take place comes through Jesus. Yeah. That's the only true healing. And the cross is the reason. Um, the, you know, the, um, when Jesus died on the cross, it gave hope to everything. So if you're feeling hopeless, hopeless, look to the cross. If you're struggling, look to the cross. Understand that one greater than you suffered more than you so that you could be with him and enjoy true peace, not just with him in heaven, but even now. Because I could tell you story after story after story of God's chosen people that were being beaten and yet they felt peace in their hearts about it. Mm. And so, uh, that's what the cross does. And so this week, uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about the power of the resurrection and, uh, and a couple of things that maybe that can get help give us perspective on. So I hope that was helpful yeah. to just think through the power of the cross. Yeah, it was good. So stick with us. We will be back with more after the news. We'd like to give a special thanks to our sponsors, Ace Door and Window, as well as a special thanks to our sponsors, Tom Neal Trucking, and a special thanks to our sponsor, Jeff Andrews of Highway to Eternity Ministries. If you would like to sponsor the program, please email us at Doug at SWATradio.com. That's Doug, D-O-U-G, at SWATradio.com. Uh, we'd also like to give a shout-out to our listeners listening in Virginia at the Lighthouse, as well as in Meridian, Mississippi, listening on WMER, and all of you who listen online throughout the nation and abroad. We'd also like to give a shout-out to our listeners listening here locally, 91.7 in Jacksonville, 91.9 in St. Augustine, and 91.3 in Folkestone, Georgia. You are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more after the news. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And if you are just joining us, we are talking about Jesus being the way and the truth and the life this week. Um, And the only way is what we're focusing on a little bit today. We're talking mostly about the the cross, or that's what we talked about in the last segment, I should say. 
Um, so if you would like to join the discussion or you have any questions, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. And again, um, I apologize that uh, Dallas had to bow. Dallas Jenkins had to bow out. He, we were supposed to have Dallas Jenkins on today from The Chosen. But again, I want to give a, um, a reminder that uh, April 4th, which is on Monday or Sunday at 8 p.m., they are broadcasting season two, episode one of The Chosen. And I think it's really going to, I think you're going to, going to like it um you're gonna like it you know i was watching some of the filming of hmm. that where was it filmed? It was, you know? uh, it was filmed i think some in utah and some in texas okay uh, but there were scenes where it was freezing cold but they're having to make do hmm. like it's and, hmm. and act like it's in the middle east uh you know and you watch them and people have no idea what the actors go through and the actors do a really good job. And one of the things I've appreciated that the actors in this particular series are, they, they're very close with each other. They've been doing this now for a while. And Jonathan Rumi brought up a point in an interview with Dallas the other day that, um, you know, when you do a series and you stretch it out like this, you can expand some of the character mm-hmm. development. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you only have two hours in a movie, you're very limited yeah. to what you can do. So you get to see some things. And one of the things is that this kind of interesting is some of the things that, uh, uh, I, I'll just give this, I mean, cause this doesn't really give anything away, but in season one, like some of the comments that the character, Jonathan Rumi j- playing Jesus mm-hmm. says, to peter or to his wife like peter's wife uh you know like he he when when he heals um peter's mother-in-law you know because peter's really worried he Mm -hmm. said i can't handle an unworried peter how do you think i'm going to handle a worried peter (laughs) on the trip yeah you know and it's just a little light-heartedness that again the humanity of jesus sometimes we don't think about like Mm -hmm. That would have been funny. You know, He, right. I, I, you could almost see him saying or his interaction with the Pharisees. So, again, that's The Chosen. Uh, episode 1, Season 2 drops on Sunday night at 8 o'clock at Eastern Time. And you can download that app, The Chosen uh, app, on the App Store and watch Season 1. Binge watch it tonight, tomorrow night, up through Sunday, and you're caught up. Eight episodes, they're great. Again, my favorites three, seven, and eight. <laughs> so uh, you'll have to see them to you'll, yeah. you'll know why. Um, but hey, uh, we were talking about the cross and just the the kind of the hope that comes from it. But when you see it on its surface, uh, when you see it on its surface, it doesn't look hopeful. And I can honestly look back in my life, uh, Taylor. Have you? And I'm sure you can too. And see things that at the time seem pretty horrendous, mm. but God ended up wanting them to be something else and use them for something else in your life. But at the time, from a human perspective, did, do you have a story like that or a time in your life where you 
think back to go, man, that was not good. And I was, I can remember how I felt during that time. Hey, I have a few different ones and I think, uh, God used them in different ways. You know, my first year at Indiana state, I felt like that, um, for the most part. And, uh, you know, I think God used that to get me out of there because I didn't need to be there. And, um, for a little bit at Taylor, as far as, uh, Taylor university, as far as athletics, you know, it wasn't, I mean, it was not as rigorous and, you know, so it kind of was not did not feel good that way and it was plus your name's taylor yeah. you're the school called taylor <laughs> yeah as, as far as football went it was not uh it wasn't where i wanted to be you know obviously i wanted to be like my dad and stuff but looking back it was so beneficial for me as far as uh growing in my faith so uh obviously god had me there for a reason mm. you know and but on on the front end when i was there it was like what am i doing here you know what i mean so but yeah well, I know that uh, there there are people probably listening out there who may be going through a struggle. Maybe you're alone. Maybe you feel alone. Maybe you are dealing with relational uh, uh, problems right now with family members, or maybe you you just feel disconnected. Can I really encourage you to turn your attention to the Lord Jesus? Because he did not redeem you to feel lonely he said i will never leave you nor forsake you and his resurrection uh, obviously is one of the greatest miracles ever because he raised himself Mm -hmm. i mean like he he was god and he raised himself and when he raised himself he proved the debt was paid he proved he was who he said he was um the resurrection is the hinge point of our belief. Mm-hmm. If it if it's wrong, nothing else matters. Like in other words, if it didn't happen, all the other stuff doesn't matter. Yeah. And so I, I want you to read uh, Taylor. Look up Second Corinthians four real quick. And I hope if you're listening right now, as as we're getting ready for for Easter this weekend. I hope the resurrection is more to you than a fairy tale. I hope it's more than just uh, uh, a a nice thought, you know, just a a spiritual thought about, yeah, I know it's in the Bible and I know it, it, it supposedly happened, but if, if, if it, if it doesn't evoke worship in you to think about what God has done, first of all, with his son second in your life, then you you really got to step back and say, at best I'm spiritually sick and maybe I'm spiritually dead. You know, maybe I am because to think when I think about the resurrection and I think about, um, I think about what Christ did for me and what he offers me. Then I think about this world. It's kind of like being on a flight. You can put up with anything for a little while, right? Hmm. I'm serious. You you go, I, I can put up with this because I know I'm getting to my destination. Mm-hmm. The problem for most of us is we're on an airliner, but we think it's our home. We're, we're, we're not here for eternity. Right. We're here for such a short time. And everything that happens here is is molded to God's plan for us to put him on display to the world around us so that his children can continue 
to come to him until the time of the Gentiles is fulfilled. His people are then brought back as a nation, and then he returns. That's that's the way it unfolds. And so the resurrection was was like, okay, this is why you can put up with anything right here. This is it. I mean, I'm showing you I have power over death. There's no great. That was the curse of sin, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. And so there's no greater threat to man than death. And so he says, I have power. And I, I love what Paul writes. Read this, 2 Corinthians four, thirteen through 15. All right. Since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what has been written, I believe and so spoke. We also believe and we also speak knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. For it is all for your sake, so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving so the, uh, to the glory of God. So it's all for your sake. What Paul is saying is that the one who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us with him. I, I I just think so often that truth blitzes right over our head and we don't we don't think about what it means, the fact that you don't have to worry about dying. Yeah. You don't. Yeah. Uh, if you're listening today and you uh are struggling with an illness or or maybe you um or struggling with a fear, just a fear. Maybe you you don't have anything, but you're just afraid, whether it's coronavirus or whether it's um, uh, cancer, whatever you're afraid of. You know what? Um, under God's rule, he's got control of the world. He's sovereign over everything. And he allowed his son to go through what he went through so that we could be part of his family and we don't have to worry about death. Paul says these are light and momentary. Um, By being resurrected, we know because of the resurrection that Jesus is king now. That's what the gospel means. It means salvation. He redeems us, but it also means our God reigns. Um, The resurrection also promises us all the grace we need between the time we were born and the time we die. He'll give us what we need. He's not going to give us more than we need, and he's not going to give us exactly what we want, but he gives us what we need to fulfill his plan. And his resurrection should be a positive motivator in our life to choose to put him on display because every choice we make, we're either choosing to serve one of two masters, right? Mm -hmm. We're either serving him or ourselves. If we serve ourselves, who ultimately are we serving? The devil. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he rules the world. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and finally the resurrection tells us that we always And I underline always, not too many times you can say always, right? But we always have a reason to give thanks. That's why he says in his word, give thanks always. Give thanks always. Rejoice always. It's not because your circumstances, 
I mean, when when he's getting beaten, I don't think Paul's rejoicing mm-hmm. over that. But he what he is rejoicing is that beating is only for a short time. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. That's what he means when he says this is a light and momentary affliction. And again, nobody that I know of personally went through what Paul went through. He went through a great deal. Yeah. And so no matter what happens today, I hope that you will see life through that lens and go back and read first Corinthians 15, one through 11. Sometimes I don't think we have time now, but the bottom line is Paul says, this is of first importance that Christ died and was resurrected. That's the, that's the, that's the most important hopeful thing for us to remember because he died for us, like he said. Yeah. So uh, I hope that encourages somebody today. Uh, remember, John um, Mazel will be here on the air tomorrow. We're replaying that interview. It is a great gospel program. I hope that if you know somebody that does not walk in relationship with the one true living God, that you might share that program with them tomorrow. So, All right. Yeah. Well, I got a few questions. Okay. We got 15 minutes because we don't have the uh, yeah. The break. There's, there's no break. Yeah, um, you know why do you think? Because uh, you're talking about like I was I was I was closing up. I thought it was time to go. <laughs> you know, I saw Steve give a two minute over there. And yeah, I, but I, I, right I, after I, that I, he I, said no I, no break. Oh, I was like I was like wow because I was I, I thought my watch had stopped. But uh, anyway, the stuff's still applicable. But yeah. anyway, well, I was I was just thinking. You know, you're talking about um, the resurrection. And the importance of the resurrection and how there's no hope without the resurrection. Yeah. Um, but a lot of times we talk about uh, the cross and, you know, I, I was thinking, I wonder if people wonder why we talk about the cross and not about the empty grave as much, you know, as believers. Is that because, you know, people have to be convicted of their sin before hope comes or? Uh, you know, I think I can't speak why most people focus on the cross i think the cross uh, is the well i think one reason paul says may i've never boast except in what he didn't even he didn't even say may i boast in the resurrection mm. he said may i boast in what the cross yeah because mm. and what did jesus say anyone who wants to follow me pick up yeah take pick, up your cross yeah, deny take, yourself and follow me take up yeah. your cross so i think that the focus of the cross is that it's a life of understanding that to embrace following Christ means the death of yourself. Mm. I mean, look at what Christ did. It was the death of him. He laid his life down. Mm -hmm. He took it up. He said, nobody takes it from him. Jesus doesn't take your life from you. He doesn't take my life from me. We, willingly yield to his authority and to his goodness because of the resurrection, because of the power of the cross. And that's why it's, I I get kind of funny when people say, Hey, I chose Jesus. I mean, or, or, you know what? I decided to follow Jesus today. Um, you know, I finally found him. No, he found you. Mm He was, he was looking for you and waiting for you all along and you responded to his invitation. And I think when you think about the cross, and one reason that we focus on it is because it symbolizes what it cost him. 
Mm. You know, I mean, the, the, when you think about the resurrection, it's the hope for us. Right. But the cross was what he did for us. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and we it, were the cause. Yeah, we that. were the yeah. cause of it. But the cross, he took our, he was our lamb. Mm-hmm. He was our sacrifice. He was our payment. And um, somebody was circulating a uh, story on on social media the other day. It was really interesting. Uh, a professor at a seminary or Bible college, I can't remember, got a very fit guy who was one of the athletic players on the uh, schools teams who could do a lot of push-ups, and he had a class of 30 or 40 people and he brought in a bunch of donuts and he was making a point and he asked the guy would you do 10 you think you could do 300 push-ups and the guy goes i, I think so but what about if you did them in sets of 10 and he goes i think so so this in the professor asked students one at a time hey would you like a donut it was the last day mm. and it was a theology class and everybody kind of blows it off i mean it's like it's like a bible college mm. you know and and nobody was getting into it and he just wanted to change it up a little bit so he he went to the first person and said would you like a donut uh, and she said yeah so here and then he said okay gary or greg whatever his name was drop and give me 10 push-ups so he did and then he went to the next person. And so every person that he gave a donut to, Greg had to do um, Ten push-ups. push-ups. Yeah. But after a while, people were feeling bad for Greg, especially after the first 10, because yeah. now he's done 100 push-ups, yeah. right? And so what happened is he got to one person, another athlete uh, in the room, and he goes, no, I don't want a donut. And the, the professor said, um, okay, uh, Greg, would you do 10 push-ups for the donut that he doesn't want? And he goes, I told you I didn't want it. And he goes, no, he, he, Greg, would you do it? And so he said, listen, this is my class. <laughs> These are my donuts. And he put a donut on. This is my desk. I'm putting a donut in there. And Greg did it, right? And so – he did he did the donuts and he just he went through all these different people all the way uh to like one of the last ones and people are getting upset i mean females are crying because this guy by the time he gets 250 his arms are just dying right mm-hmm. and um so uh, the last two students in the room were two cheerleaders and uh, they were popular, and he went to the second to last and said, do you want a donut? She said, no, thank you. And he said, well, Steve, would you do 10 push-ups so Linda can have a donut she doesn't want? And he did them, and then he went to the last person. She said, why can't I help him? And he said, no, he has to do it alone. I've given him the task. He's in charge of seeing that everyone has the opportunity for a donut, whether they want it or not. When I decided to have a party, I looked at my grade book. Steve is the only student with perfect grade in a class. Everybody else has either failed a test, skipped class, or offered me work that is subpar, mm. but not Steve. And so he told me when a player messes up at football, he's that player's got to do push-ups. 
And I, I told Steve that none of you could come to my party unless he paid the price by doing push-ups. And he and I made a deal for your sake. And, and so he did the last student, and he said, So it was with Jesus on the cross. And when he said, Into thy hands I commend my spirit, with the understanding that he had done everything that was required of him, he yielded up his life. And for the first time, some of those people in the room began to understand what Jesus did because just like people in that room, a lot of them left the gift on the desk uneaten. They didn't take it. Yeah. They just, he still did the work, Mm -hmm. but they didn't take it. Um, you know, and the professor told the class, my wish is that you would understand and fully comprehend the riches of grace that has been given through the sacrifice. And I, I, I just share that because I don't think we really grasp what he's done. And I think we're like those students who go, I don't want it because it costs, it was a lot. I don't deserve it. Mm. You know, yeah. why did he have to suffer for that? his suffering is, is already taken place and he's offered us that gift now. And the enemy makes us think that we're not worthy, which we're not, we know we're not worthy, but he makes us believe that jesus can't save us actually was on an airplane one time with a guy who said it's too late for me i shared Mm. the gospel with him he goes it's too late for me i go it's not too late you breathe in right he goes yeah i said you're you it's not too late does that make sense Mm -hmm. and so i i think when you think about the cross and you think about the resurrection that's why i wanted to talk about both aspects of that today because the cross reminds us of our sin the resurrection reminds us of our hope and you can't have hope without payment for your sin. Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Does that help with that question yeah. you were asking? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was just, uh, trying to think about what people would, um, uh, be asking about. Cause it's, you know, it's, uh, it's something, I guess, uh, when you're talking to somebody who's not saved and say, Oh, you know, Jesus died for your sins. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like, and then you don't ever talk about the resurrection. Uh, it's almost like, I don't know. I guess, I guess that's just more from a curiosity, uh, you know, like kind of intellectual, like thinking about, oh, you know, uh, you know, if you just talk about him, him dying and not him raising from the dead, you don't ever talk about his power and that he defeated death. And so then that got me thinking, oh, I wonder why we don't, we, we talk about the cross, but I think what you said makes a lot of sense and, and, and is a good explanation of why um, the church has done the things it's done for thousands of years, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the thing. I just think it would be very foolish to leave what Christ has done mm-hmm. on applied in my life. Yeah. And how do we apply it? The way you apply it is is you acknowledge your sin you acknowledge your need you acknowledge that you can't do it you can't possibly do anything to make god love you on your own and so you receive what he did when he died on the cross and as payment for what you've done and you allow him to take his proper role in your life as your king as your savior and your king, you don't divorce one of those roles from the other. You can't, mm-hmm. 
Uh, you can't take him as savior and reject him as king. You don't really comprehend who he is or what he did if right. you do that. And in an effort to uh, dilute the gospel to accommodate people, there's a lot of people that present a gospel um, that that basically says, oh, you know what? Uh, yeah, just just get the check in the block for the fire insurance. They don't say that, but right. that's what it works out to be. Mm-hmm. And so you have people that don't count the cost. You have people yeah. that don't, um, you know, they don't they count the cost before they go to war. They don't count the cost because Jesus is not saving us for our benefit alone. Our benefit is ancillary. His His glory is primary. Right. He saves us to deploy us and use us for his kingdom. And that's why if you are his, if you are chosen, you are going to be fishing for people. Yeah. And and one of the things I like about the Chosen TV series, just to kind of bring it back full circle because it's coming out Sunday, the second season episode, is all these people just start following him. Mm, yeah. It's like a magnet. Mm-hmm. Where's the magnet today? Why is there no magnet? Why 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 are are, are Christians really living for him? Right. People that profess him, are they making a difference for him? Are they being a light for him? Are they shining him out in the world? So, it's good conviction right there, right? Yeah. It's something to think about uh for sure and then also think about what is being the magnet in the culture. Um yeah. so All right. Uh we are up against the break or the end of the program for the week uh like doug said t- tomorrow we're going to have a uh, rerun episode with um john mazel john yeah. mazel sorry uh and so make sure you tune in for that tomorrow is good friday so happy good friday to everyone and a happy easter we will see you again on monday you've been listening to swat radio if you missed any of this program or would like to listen to past programs please visit us at www.swatradio.com That's www.swatradio.com. Or you can listen to our podcast by searching SWAT Radio. You can also download our SWAT app in the App Store. Join us weekdays at 3 o'clock for more SWAT Radio. We will see you then. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great Easter. If you missed a SWAT Radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT Radio is strengthening spiritual